I Love Mortgage Brokering, episode 150. Want to learn from the top 5% of mortgage brokers in the country? Then you have come to the right place. Join Scott Peckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford from I Love Mortgage Brokering. Today on the show, I have Alex McBaden of DLC Canadian Mortgage Experts. I've known Alex for a couple of years now and I've been watching him literally blow up his mortgage business. The thing I love about Alex is he's the kind of guy who goes out and he tries to learn stuff, but then he actually applies it, which I think is so important and so critical. He's been in the business only for a few years, but he's putting up some awesome numbers. He has some really clever branding where he has his pug, Ernie, and his pug is like famous on Facebook and Instagram. And he produces some of the best videos that I've seen that mortgage brokers produce. And so if you're thinking about getting into video, you definitely need to follow what he's doing and watch it because he creates some great stuff. And if you're interested in checking out samples of his videos, just go to the show notes and we'll have some samples of his videos. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Check it out. This episode is sponsored by Pioneer West Acceptance Corp. Pioneer West is a private lender in BC and Alberta. Now, normally when I have a sponsor for the show, it's because I personally use their product or service and I can give it a 100% recommendation. In this case, it's a little different. I don't personally do B-deals. So I did some background checking on the crew at Pioneer West and found that everyone I talked to said they were fast, down to earth and underwrote deals if they made sense, which is exactly what you're looking for in a B-lender. Another cool thing about Pioneer West is they're really fast. In most cases, they'll give you an answer in two hours or less. Two hours, crazy. So if you're a broker who's looking for a lender for your next B deal in BC or Alberta, check out Pioneer West and tell them you heard about them on Out of Mortgage Brokering. They're big supporters of our community and check them out at pioneerwest.com. This episode is also sponsored by adlawappraisals.com. They're a full service real estate appraisal firm located in Vancouver. They appraise residential and commercial properties throughout the entire lower mainland. And I did some background checking on Adam and the crew. Brokers told me they were fast, efficient, and approved with most banks, credit unions, and B lenders. They have invested in various technologies to ensure quick turnaround times. And his executive home appraisal price doesn't kick into 1.5 million, which keeps costs down for borrowers. And in addition, rent estimates are free. And so is a, a first letter of a transmittal. Adlaw Appraisal is a big supporter of our community and it's created a unique offer just for our listeners. So go to adlawappraisals.com, mention ILMB50, and you'll get one time $50 off any full service appraisal. So check them out at adlawappraisals.com and check out this interview with Alex. Hey, Alex, welcome to the show. Hey, Scott, what's going on, man? So tell me a little bit about yourself and your business. Basically, I always like to start off when I introduce myself as someone who's just crazy and pug obsessed. If you don't know me already, you probably figured that out. But <laughs> in all honesty, I'm uh, just a 32-year-old guy, live in Langley, BC, fortunate enough to be married to an uh, amazing woman. And yes, I do have a pug named Ernie and a cat named Bert. Bert and Ernie, that's awesome. I've, I've been a huge Sesame Street fan myself. Yeah, they uh, they might as well be puppets. They're crazy. So okay, you've got you've been in, and so how did you get into the mortgage business? Because you know, obviously, you didn't come out of college or high school and go into mortgages. So what was your path to our business? Yeah, that's a great question, man. And you're absolutely right. Basically, long story short, I had a friend of mine who uh, played soccer with me one day. He's like, "Hey, Lan, listen, uh, you'd be really good at this this mortgage thing I do." And I said, "No, what what is that? I don't even know what that is. I've never bought a home or anything like that." At that point, he's like, no, 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 you'd be really good at it. And that time I was working for TELUS and retail sales. So I did the course like most people. It took me about six months. And I didn't actually take the test right away. It took me like four months to decide I actually wanted to take the test. Did the test, passed it. And then uh, he's like, cool, awesome. All right, let's get signed up. Come over to my house and I'll, I'll teach you how to do this. So I literally went over to his house. Uh, we spent an hour and a half, 45 minutes. He taught me about you know debt servicing and some basic stuff. And he's like, all right, now go get mortgages. 
So that didn't last very long. I lasted about nine months, maybe 12 months, had a couple mortgages. I did it part-time on the side and I had to make a decision. I uh, took a job with uh, management in TELUS and then I let the uh, mortgage license lapse. Your first crack at it, you sort of were, you introduced the business and said, hey, kind of go figure it out. And then that's a hard way to start the business. So, okay, what happened next? Because obviously you came back or you're you're doing awesome now. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so uh, start of uh, 2015, Basically, I was a bit of a crossroads. I uh, had, uh, I wouldn't say I failed the management gig, but I realized it wasn't for me. I took on another role in another company and I was ha- like the, the least happy I've ever been in my life. I would come home miserable every single day and my wife would tell me, you gotta do something else. So actually, fortunately or unfortunately, I got really, really, really sick and I was in the eMERGE for a little while. And um, I sat down and I said to myself, when I was lying there one night, uh, staring at the ceiling, hearing people screaming, uh, I said to myself, I got to do something. I got to change my life. I got to do something with my life. And uh, I didn't know it was going to be mortgage brokering. I just said I had to make a change. And when you spend that much time working, you got to do something that you like to do. So uh, I got out of the uh, Emerge and I quit my job within a week. With no, did you, you didn't have no plan. You're just like, I'm done with this. And I'm going to figure something out. Okay, keep going. Uh, I know you mentioned your wife behind you all the time. She was behind me and just says, I know you can do something. You can do anything. Just I need you to be happy. And so quit the job, which was kind of silly because I was supporting our income. We had a mortgage at the time. Uh, fortunately, no kids. And she worked part-time, went to school full-time. So yeah, it was a little bit crazy. Didn't have a line of credit or <laughs> anything. And uh, we sat down at a Starbucks one night for about four hours. And uh, we just hashed out all the things that I could do. And it just kept coming back to this opportunity I had with mortgages, just like, let's explore this. So, and this is where funny enough, I get to give you props because I found the ILMB podcast in its uh, infancy at that time. And in listening to that, I got really, really pumped up. And so made the decision the next day to call a few people, uh, sign up with a brokerage. And within uh, a week or two, I was officially a mortgage broker again. Okay, so a couple questions on that. So how did you figure out where you obviously changed companies when you came back for the second time, how did you decide where? And and how the other part I got to think is if you've kind of done something for nine months and it didn't work out and you had to leave it, like there must have been a little bit of like fear to kind of go, you know, to go back at it a second time. I mean, good on you because you you built a great business. There must have been some fear or reluctance to go back at something that you'd already tried for nine months. So I got this picture staring at me right now that uh, it's it's what my wife and I wrote down that night. It's the things that I want and the things that I don't want. I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to have the opportunity to have financial rewards. I wanted the flexibility to be able to you know somewhat shape my own hours. I loved when I was working at Telus, just helping people achieve whatever the goal was of whatever it was, you know, getting their phone or whatever the issue. I just love that part of it. I wanted creativity. I love marketing. I just love having fun. So there was that. You know, I was scared about the things like, you know, is the market low? Um, I didn't know. I didn't really fully understand it. Maybe, you know, going 100% commission, lack of any kind of security. We Again, I told you we didn't have any other jobs. So it was, yeah, there was a lot of fear there. But again, I looked at it and I was at my, I guess if you want to call it my rock bottom a month previous or less than a month previous. And I just said, I, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to go for it. So um, and the second part of your question about how to decide, you know, I, I just wanted to get in as quickly as possible. I asked a few people I knew and I, I just jumped in as soon as possible to someone who I thought could mentor me. Thanks for the shout out to the show. So then one of the things I've always respected about you is that you're one of these guys that will actually listen to things and then go apply them. Because I've talked to people who've listened to the show and they're like, yeah, I listened to all the shows. I'm like, oh, great. What are you doing different? They're like, well, nothing yet. I'm just like writing stuff down. I'm like, no, don't do that. Like, you know, you don't need more ideas. You need to do more execution. So props to you for actually taking you know, that some of the ideas and then applying your own spin on it. And if you haven't checked out Alex's like mortgage pug and his whole online marketing, it's really creative and it gets attention. And I'm sure that you could probably attest a business that you've got from, I'll come to that in a little bit, but you came back to mortgages. So then how long did it take for you to feel like, 
okay, actually, this is not like the last time. This time I'm, I got this. So this is actually the funny part is because when I first got back into it again, I feel like I didn't really give it all and I, I wasn't really sure what to do. And I was still, uh, you know, trying to figure it out. Uh, fortunately, and this is where I get to give another uh, shout out. I met an amazing, amazing person in the industry. Her name is Suzanne Ajla. She's currently the uh, BDM for Equitable Bank. Props to her because of the support that she gave me and pushing me and telling me that I should be doing all these things I was afraid to do. Uh, that gave me the, uh, the comfort to get out on my own. So the end of 2015 is kind of when I started seeing things come together a little bit for the first time. And uh, 2016, I made the decision, thank you to you know all the people who helped me in the past, but I made the decision to just do this on my own 100%. And that's where things got real. And like you mentioned, that's when I made the opportunity to connect with yourself, to uh, start making phone calls to everybody and anybody I could possibly imagine who could help me in the industry. And I just started doing everything that I could. Okay, so that's a good concept. I'm pretty sure you connected with me and you're like, hey, and we've had lots of great discussions, but so who else did you connect with? Maybe give me one thing you learned from someone that you connected with. Is there something you can think of that was like, hey, I connected with you know someone and, and this is something I picked up that I was unexpecting? Man, there are so many things. And I don't know that I could say there was just one thing. And I could throw out names all day long of you know people that I sat down who spent the time uh, to teach me. Um, I do remember a specific moment, uh, someone named Steve Diamond, who I know you know pretty well. Actually, it wasn't long ago, only a year ago, when I was starting to have some success in my business and I came up to meet you guys. I sat down for dinner with uh, Steve Diamond and he pretty much, the guy just said, have confidence in yourself, trust yourself. And, uh, it, you know, it repeated a lot of the same things I heard over and over and over again from other people. But the way that this guy says it to you, it just goes right through you. So ever since he said that, that stuck with me, just having confidence and, and trusting yourself. Okay, so before we dive into the rest of your story, I'd like to ask about a success quote that's had an impact on your life or business. Can you share a quote that's really impacted you? Yeah, well, I don't have a quote, uh, Scott. I thought about this as well, and I love quotes. They're fun. I see them everywhere, but I couldn't find one. So I always come back. There's three words. When I'm talking to anybody and I'm teaching anybody, and I do, I try to educate a lot of people, uh, anything that I can impart, I, I always talk about the three things that help me in my business, and the, the three words are discipline, persistence, and consistency. I always come back and some people say discipline, persistence, commitment, it, it's whatever you want to call it, but the discipline to, to put a plan together, the persistence to kind of push through all the, uh, the difficult things that come up and the consistency in your day-to-day -day or your week-to-week -week or your hour-to-hour -hour efforts to make these things happen. You don't have to have a lot of talent. I don't believe personally that I'm the most talented guy going back to uh, when I was growing up and I was playing. And, and even now when I play sports or play soccer, I'm not the most talented guy in the field, but I was always able to play at a high level because I worked harder than anybody else. And so I feel like that's the same thing in business. You don't have to have the talent, but you just have to work harder. Right. I totally agree. Knowing you, I know that you're definitely, this is a big part of your personality and your success comes from the fact that you have the discipline to make the execute and to stay at it and to get better. So I want to ask you about something that you failed at and what did you learn from it? So I think that failure is never fatal, but looking back, there's always a lesson. So what's something that now there was a lesson in it for you? I know the standard answer is I fail every day and I do. I screw up all the time. I could list off a hundred things. But I guess I'll look at two things specifically. Uh, number one, and again, I don't look at it as a failure in the word sense, but certainly something that was an opportunity. So first of all was my first go around as a mortgage broker. Uh, I didn't commit. I didn't spend the time or energy to get out and learn, and I fell on my face. But the flip side to that is I had an opportunity the second time around to come back and come at it full bore. So I learned that the reality is, is if you want something hard enough, first of all, you can get it, you can achieve it. But really, it's all about the amount of energy you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And the second one is really in my day to day life or when I was working in retail, I, I was let go from a job, which I thought I was doing really well. At least I thought I was. But the reality was, I guess they weren't. So perception of what you believe versus what someone else believes is different. That really humbled me. 
And it gave me another opportunity to look at it. So when I do this on a day-to-day basis, I ask a lot of people for feedback. I want to know what people are thinking about it because what I truly believe may not be the case. It's more about what they perceive, if that makes any sense. Right. You know, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Your first crack at mortgage brokering. I don't know of anybody else actually that I've interviewed that kind of went into the business left and then came back like you have. So I think that's like, that's awesome. And so now I want to ask, what's your morning routine like? Because again, if you have that consistency, that discipline, what do you do? It's not very exciting. I wake up at 5.50 every morning. I have oatmeal for breakfast and (laughs) I go straight to the gym for a 45 minute to an hour workout. I come back home and I listen to a podcast, get ready for work. And I'm at the office by nine every day. Right. And then when do you take the dog out? Like when does Ernie get some time, man? Shared chores, shared chores. So as anybody might know, pugs like to sleep. They love to sleep so much. So either my wife and I will do that uh, right after our workout. We try taking him out first thing in the morning. He doesn't want to get up. So we leave him to sleep. And uh, once I get done my workout, then he likes to go out. Uh, and then he'll have his second sleep of the day for about another four hours before he's up at it. <laughs> yeah, we have a dog. And it was the great part about having a dog is all the getting out of the house and going for more walks. Yeah, I didn't realize that pugs were... Oh, they have bursts of energy. They have little bursts of energy. So I'll take them out. We'll take them out on 20-minute walks. And, I, and you're right. I love to just get out, clear my mind. I do it almost every single night. I go for a walk at about 9 o'clock. And uh, it's really just an excuse for me to get out and, and clear in my mind. And that's my second time of the day to uh, shut things off and either have a walk with my wife or if I'm by myself again, listen to a podcast. Right. Okay. So I want to ask about now that I feel like the business has three kind of parts. There's leads, there's team and systems. And I'm going to ask some questions about each of those parts. So on the lead side, so where does the majority of your business come from? Because you've, you've really, I guess there's two parts of this question. Where do they come from? And then what kind of growth have you seen from 2015 to 16 and even into now 17? Right. Okay. So I'll start with where the leads come from. So um, I don't know exact percentages. I didn't look at it before I got here, but I would hazard to guess that about uh, two thirds of my business comes from uh, real estate agents. And when I started, it was closer to 90% of it. It started to go down a little bit. So real estate agents is my most. Then my second would be Facebook and connections. So Facebook could be, you know, it could be people that I already know. That could be people that I've met that have me on social media one way or another. And then third would be financial planner. Okay. On the realtor side, so how did you go out as a you know relatively new agent and start to build those connections and those relationships? Yeah. So when I started, uh, it was pretty simple. Just call agents that I knew from you know past experiences. There was one person that uh, in specific who started uh, being a realtor the same time, the first time I was mortgage brokering. So I called him. I called anybody else I knew and I just got out there and went for meetings, went for coffees, all that kind of stuff. That's changed a lot since then. I didn't have a lot of success. I did find a couple of good connections, but where I found a ton of success It's uh, coaching and educating people. I started working with a lot of newer agents, a lot of people who are in the similar shoes to me, so we could have a lot in common and growing together. I mean, I I used some principles that I learned through yourself, through the podcast, some other places. Uh, I'm really, really passionate about seeing other people and businesses grow. So I found really, really early on that if I help these people build their businesses, and that could be for different reasons, teaching them how to do videos, uh, teaching them how to do some social media marketing. It could be literally showing them how to have a day-to-day schedule, you know, weekly call list, these type of things that teaching them how to have success gets us a lot closer than anything else I could have done. Right. You build trust, you build, and, and actually I've done the same thing with my business. I would always do everything I could to help them in their business. And so obviously, so if you're constantly consuming podcasts and not just mine, but others, and you're learning new things and then you're applying them, when you go sit down with that realtor, you actually have something useful, meaningful to share with them, say, Hey, you should try this. Cause I've been doing this and, and I know your passion and energy comes across in those conversations. So then they will leave going, wow, this mortgage broker is like, not like most mortgage brokers where it's like, Hey, give me a deal. You're actually taking a totally different angle. 
to that point, what I found is that, and obviously I work with a lot more agents now than when I started, but most of the agents I work with, I would say likely consider me, you know, a friend. And we have a lot stickier of a relationship because these are people that I could call my friend that will confide in me, that will confide together. I trust them the way they, they trust me. So I built uh, such a deep connection just through uh, helping each other in our business and doing extra things. It's it's never a question of them just running off to someone else. Uh, they love, you know, I talked to someone uh, just the other day and I said, well, what do you like or what don't you like what we do? It's like, man, I love it. You know, my client's feedback has been phenomenal just because it's professional structured details and you educate the heck out of people, which is something unique. So things like that. But over and above that, just keeping their trust by being a real person. Don't be fake. Don't just sell yourself. Go out there and just be a real human and help people. Right, which is kind of like similar advice that Steve had given you a couple of years ago. You're also awesome on video and your videos are interesting. So how has video helped you in your business? Oh, uh, so video has been a two-part thing. I mean, it's helped me because I, it forces me to go and learn new concepts and get in front of the camera, which makes me a lot more comfortable now when I'm speaking to people just in general or if I'm to do presentations or anything like that. In terms of my business, it's a platform now that I can help out agents. So if agents are learning how to do video, they get to see my video and use it and, and send it to other people. They'll ask me questions. So it's a great talking point. But more importantly, there are people that notice me and pick it up. You know, as a case in point, there was a real estate partner, a friend of mine who was at a birthday party the other day. And uh, he said to me that this guy walks up to him and says, hey, I think I know you. I saw you in one of Alex's videos. And he doesn't know this guy. And the real estate partner was only in one of my videos. And I don't even, you know, this is a person that I know from a few years ago, but I don't talk to him on a regular basis. So it's pretty amazing. It's not obviously just the likes and so forth, but there are so many people that see it on a regular basis. And I'm never trying to sell. I'm just educating people. I'm just teaching people in a short manner. And, and obviously you said that my videos are unique. Yeah, it's because I have a pug in almost every single one of them. So that's that's the real reason to watch. I'm going to do Labradoodle videos and I'll be like, yeah, you're going down, man. I got this Labradoodle. She's got lots of energy. No, I'm just kidding. But here's the thing I found too for video, and I'm starting to do more video in my own business because there's a guy that I follow online, Kerwin Ray. And have you heard of this guy, Kerwin Ray? Yeah, you mentioned to me. I've been, I've definitely been watching his stuff. Yeah, his videos are like, they're fantastic. They're kind of like, they're, in some ways, they're similar to what you do, obviously, but he's got like a bigger budget for this. But what I found when you watch a, a few of someone's videos, you actually start to build a relationship with them. It may be one sided, but you feel like you know them. And so I feel like this guy, I've only maybe watched 20 minutes of his videos, and I'm like, man, I feel like I know this guy. And so I think video is so powerful. And and speaking about that point, and I 100% agree with you because I have had people that have called me and they talk to me like they know me because they were either referred to me and they went to my website and watched a whole bunch of my videos or I sent them videos. I also use a bomb bomb. Uh, if anybody doesn't know about that, that's an email program that puts videos right into your email. And I make sure to connect people visually. I, I personally believe that we're so disconnected with people, but if we can take uh, 30 seconds, 45 seconds to send a personal uh, email to them with a video in it, it's a lot more personal than even making a, uh, a phone call or a voicemail. Um, so when you combine that with the fact that I'm just in front of people all day long, when someone finally does approach me, they feel like they already know who I am and are, are 10 times more comfortable. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree. I think the video is so powerful for that. And so what's your frequency? Do you have like a, a strategy in terms of how often you post or when you post or anything? Totally. I don't have a day of the week per se. I probably should nail something down, but I do it every week, once a week. And it's increased over time. So it went from once a month to approximately once every two weeks. Now I just literally do a video every single week and they vary on the types of videos, but anybody who wants to check it out can follow my blog or my Facebook. Right. And we'll post some links to it in the show notes so that people can go check you out. So now when you first started, I, I'm going to camp out on this a bit because it is one of, everybody has sort of a core genius and something that they're great at. And I think it's, this is definitely one for, that you have. So how were you nervous in doing those first videos and has it become more comfortable or is it still not comfortable? Or where are you kind of at with that? 
Yeah, good question. Basically, when I started this, I would consider myself an introvert. Now, I don't even know what the technical term is, but I would consider myself as not someone who goes out to a party and talks to a bunch of people. I can, I'm great one on one. So at first, it was such a challenge. I would be super hypercritical as a lot of us are on ourselves and I would film it 15 times before I'd be happy with it. And then it would take me three weeks to edit it before I would feel comfortable sending it out. And then slowly those times would cut down and down and down and down and down. And so a couple simple tricks that I learned is, uh, first of all, just pretend that the camera is a client or someone you're talking to. Number two, just keep it simple. Don't get elaborate. Just focus on the key facts, which is huge. And then number three, show some energy. So some excitement. Um, so if anybody's thinking about starting, the biggest thing I say to them is just do something, do anything, just start and keep it short, straight to the point. There's people generally aren't going to go out and judge you. And anybody who's going to judge you and, and say something negative about it isn't something that you're going to work with anyways. Just get your face in front of the camera and say something. Honestly, usually the people that are the most critical are not creating anything anyway, right? Like right. it's a very small minority of people that will say anything negative. But if they are, it's like, what are they doing? They're not like, you know. What, hiding your post? What's the worst that's going to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's great advice. Okay, so now let's talk about team. So I know that you've sort of ex expanded your teams. Who helps you right now with your business? Right. Okay. So it's, I know we talked last week, so it's slightly changed since then, but we're still going to follow the same format. I, uh, I have, uh, I use an underwriting uh, service with uh, Canadian Mortgage Experts, uh, Dominion Lending Centers here. Uh, we have something called the Cube and I work exclusively nearly, uh, I'd say 90% of my files go through uh, one of the underwriters there. Her name is Lauren Birch, who is amazing. So she works as part of my team. And when a deal goes live, basically she takes hold of it and does all the back and forth at the lending institution and then back and forth with me, orders the appraisals, puts the package together and so forth. But I'm the principal point of contact. Now, I did have an assistant up until just last week. I'll be looking for another one in the near future here. And I will be having another person, uh, we're in talks to have another person join the team in the next couple of weeks here as well. What the uh, administrative person will do is primarily, uh, well, administrative tasks. So what happens is I'll get the lead initially. If I'm in a meeting, the assistant or whoever is there will respond back to say that we've you know been in touch or we'll be in touch with you shortly. And I'll contact that person within uh, 60 minutes, basically, at any given time. So her goal as the assistant, so if it came through an email or text, so she'd be monitoring it when, when a meeting, I forward all my calls to her. So she'll pick up the calls and she won't talk about mortgages or answer questions. Just say, I'll call you back. Uh, is there something I can help you out with? And basically, if it was a lead, then she would basically let them know exactly what was happening and we'd be happy to help them. And I'd call them back within you know an hour. Um, and then I get a text message saying, hey, call this person, this is who it is. So our job would be really quick to respond to people at any given time, and we'd always have a response back to them. Now, we were trying to cut that down to 30 minutes, but it just seemed 60 minutes was a better uh, time frame. So anyways, uh, she would send out uh, the list of documents required based on what I let her know uh, using a program that we have called uh, Flowify. If anybody's not familiar with that, it allows you to collect documents and then have milestones that notifies everyone where you are in the transaction. She would collect the documents, throw them in the folder for me, communicate back and forth with Lauren to make sure things are going on well, and then just basically do all the little things like write cards, and make sure I'm you know, I'm organized and I know where my meetings are day to day. I would primarily be focused on the, you know, underwriting the pre-approval, uh, talking to the client, having the first discovery meeting, and then having the signing appointments. And last but not least, doing the business development. Okay. And so you have the assistant. Uh, one of the things I picked up from you actually when we talked last was that this great, because you run your business off your cell phone, but when you're in a meeting, you forward your cell phone to your assistant so that she picks up the calls so that at least someone's there and you're not being interrupted. And I think it's just a minor little adjustment, but it makes a big difference because otherwise, like, because you, you can be pretty busy between, you know, business development meetings and client meetings and, and you don't want to take five, six hours to get back to somebody inadvertently, right? 
hundred percent. And then she's able to be there to pick it up at any given time. And after hours, generally I'm able to pick up the phone as it is anyways. Um, and I set expectations day one with all my clients that I'm available at X times and anytime past that, they can leave me a uh, message or send me an email and I'll get back to them within 24 business hours. Okay. So they're talking about leads team systems. So now systems, you said there's a few things that you use, you use bomb bomb. Um, yep. and so what parts of your process are you using that particular service? Bomb bomb. Okay. So it's not every time right now, but it's uh, it's almost every time right now. As soon as a lead comes in, a lead could be an email to us. It could come from a text message. It come from you know obviously as you know, it come from a million different sources. But as soon as a lead comes in, I send in a quick uh, email video back introducing myself and who I am and what I do. And obviously, I customize it a little bit depending on what I know about the transaction. Uh, but I pretty much say the same thing every time. This is who I am. This is what I do as a mortgage broker, and this is how I can help you. I know you ask the question often, what does a mortgage broker do? I generally use, and I don't know if I'm jumping ahead right here, but I, I generally jump into, and I've heard this analogy from a number of people, so I picked it up and just kind of just take go with it, which is the, the car analogy, where basically you walk into a, a parking or a, a, a dealership and and, they, and all the bank's going to say is that, you know, the, the Ford is the best uh, car that you should have, whereas I'm the guy who's going to show you that it, maybe it's not the Ford, maybe it's the Toyota or maybe the Lexus or that type of thing. And I, I've found that that analogy works really well with most people. So I kind of break that down. Okay. So you, and then you also use Flowify in order to kind of communicate milestone changes and document collection because, and any other things that you're using to keep the systems together? Yeah. Okay. So uh, basically the, it starts off with the introductory email. The second tech, what happens with the Flowify is it sends out a, uh, we call it a needs list in the application. So it sends off the application and also it gets them started uploading the documents day one. Um, on the back end, I use Pipedrive uh, for my CRM just to track my clients and because it syncs with Google really well. I have day-to-day, what else do I use? Uh, so BombBomb, uh, again, so I don't use it just in the first phase. I also use it when I'm asking for a review or if I need to apologize for something or something went wrong and I just need to tell them what's going on. So those are the points I use that. Trello, so um, if anybody has a, a remote workforce or a remote team and you just need quick contact, I use Trello because it's easy to replicate. It's almost like a pipeline you can set it up. And you can create checklists and you can create all this kind of stuff. And it's really, really easy. Instead of having 50 different emails back and forth from a team, I can just have one place where I go in there and I can see everything. So Trello is pretty huge. Right. You use Trello as well. Okay. What's the best business advice you've ever received? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, obviously, I'd probably go back to Steve, what he told me. But um, what I've actually learned through uh, multiple podcasts and all these different things is that you probably aren't going to pick up and be able to remember every single thing there. So just just learn one thing. So there was one book I read and it said it, there was one thing that I pulled out from it. It was a sales book, which is just make one more call. So when you think you have to leave and you have to go home, just make one more call. Uh, I went on a calling blitz in the start of 2016 with you, the game of phones where you just call as many people as you can in a day. And we had fun with that. And every single time that I hung up the phone or there was a voicemail, I would just continue making one more call until I got one person. And I probably picked up an extra five deals that year just because of that, maybe more. Right. Uh, here's a big one for me is, is learn to let go. Again, having that kind of fighting nature in the sense that I, I just want to keep pushing, 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 pushing. Uh, often there are deals that fall into my lap, which I should not spend the time or energy on either because of the client, because of the scenario. It's just something that's not worth my time. So this is something that I've struggled with for a long time, and I've just started to learn a lot better more recently, which is sometimes you just need to let go. You can't win them all. So that's probably a big one for me. Okay, that's that's awesome, man. I love the idea of one more phone call and then let go. Sometimes you got to walk. Like it's like that Kenny Rogers song. It's way before your time, even before my time. But you know, low wind to fold them, no wind to walk away. And so I think about that. There's not every deal should be done, and sometimes you just the best thing to do is to say no. And sometimes a fast no is actually better for your reputation than a long drawn out slow no that makes people go, "Do you know what you're doing?" And you know, 
sometimes it's better to, if there's not something you can do excellent, you better to walk away. Can you share one thing about yourself you can't find on Google? Yeah. When I was uh, 18, I went to film school at Capilano College because I wanted to be a director and direct zombie movies. Oh, you should somehow weave that into your, you know, Halloween pug videos. Pug zombie. Yeah. So it's really funny that you say that because Michael Lloyd of CME put together a zombie mortgage video a year ago or so. And it was uh, amazing. It was so well done. So if anybody hasn't seen it, please go watch it. Right. Yeah, it is pretty good. I'll I'll put a link in. I'm going to put your videos in the show notes. Maybe I'll put a link in there for that one too. Yeah, I wish I was part of that. It was so good. So. Okay, so I'm going to move some rapid-fire questions. You can answer these as shorter answers if you like. So what's the number one thing holding back most mortgage brokers from being successful? Uh, fear, hands down. Just afraid to screw up, afraid to make mistakes, afraid to talk to people, afraid to make a phone call, afraid to be on a video, afraid to everything. Just uh, I think you should let fear drive you, not hold you back. So essentially, whatever you're afraid of, you should do it. Right. That's step into it. Um, what's one thing or habit things made you successful? Not being afraid, so or or being afraid and just not caring. Doing it anyway. Yeah, everybody has fear. Like I get, you know, I did an event just a little while ago, and I was like scared spitless, and I'm like, I don't know if this is even gonna work. And but I find for me, my confidence is super high. And then right before launch, it's like my confidence. I gotta literally throw myself off a cliff because I my confidence seems to wane right at the moment of like. But anyway, that's my thing. Okay, so so if anybody says something and they offer you something in terms of like speaking in front of people, uh, doing engagement, for any new broker out there that's, you know, maybe you're invited to do like a first-time buyer seminar and you're just not sure what to say or you want to get a video, just do it. Who cares? You'll, you might screw up a little bit, but at the end of the day, you're more likely to get out there and learn than just to not do it at all. So this event, I was talking about this concept of launch and learn, which is like you can't course correct if you're not in motion. So we just do it and we will learn from it and we'll keep improving. But if you don't launch, then... That's even worse. So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Man, I don't know that there's one book. Obviously, yeah, everybody knows about Dustin Woodhouse's series, so I'll give him another plug because they're just so well done. Uh, you know, I, I, it's funny enough, I come back to a lot of principles on my day-to-day from the four-hour work week. That was really good. Uh, I'm currently reading uh, Todd Duncan book, High Trust Selling, right now. It's really good. Really well done book. I, I, any of those books are Okay. And okay, last question, DeLorean, if I could put you in the DeLorean and send you back, maybe I'd send you back when you first entered the mortgage business and you could sit down and give yourself three pieces of advice. What would you tell yourself? So I would do that over again because that's the only reason I am here today. But if I'm going to go back actually to my first year where I re-entered, because I, I don't know that things were that good there, I would say let the fear, like I just mentioned right away, I would have said let the fear push you and not stop you. The advice that Steve gave me, so trust yourself. And then last but not least, uh, get away from the computer. I find that so often that when I'm sitting down with a young real estate agent or a broker gives me a call or anything like that, they're often too busy working on their business card or the computer or like website or, you know, that kind of stuff. You need to get in front of people. So whether that's a phone call or a video or... It's just busy work, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you brought it up way back in the day, you know, having success uh, year over year. I didn't make up anything I do. Nothing I do was something I made up. I just, like what you mentioned... I enrolled in programs. I went to every single seminar. I sat down for uh, literally six months. I would call brokers and various people and just say, hey, can you meet me for coffee? Can you do you know these little things? I would have, maybe I would have done that the first time around, but I uh, probably wouldn't be here today even, even if I had because I didn't have that same drive. Right, yeah. And, uh, and you know what's amazing to me is that the people that, the most successful people are always the ones most open to share. They're like, I don't care. I'll tell you because they don't have that scarcity mentality. They're not afraid you're going to, they're just like, you know, there's lots of room for great people. And so I've found that, that the top people tend to be the most open to sharing whatever. They're just like, hey, they're confident in their own business and in their own ability to grow their business, right? Which is exactly why you were able to put together multiple brokers to do the Broker Talks event recently with uh, guys like Joel and Dustin and these guys spilling the beans on every single thing you do because they know 
that they have the ability to get out there and actually physically put action to it. And most people aren't going to do that. So there's always an opportunity to build on. There's, you, you could be successful. Anybody, any single broker out there can, can crush it. It's amazing. It's just about putting in the time and the energy to doing it. The information's all there in front of you. Right. It's awesome. Dude, I really appreciate your time today. Where can people find you online? Yeah, go to uh, search up hashtag mortgage pug on Instagram, Facebook, or look up at the mortgage pug. You can email me, Alex, at the mortgage pug.ca or go to mortgage pug.ca. <laughs> go to any of those or give me a call. Okay, awesome. And anybody listening can get show notes links. They're going to put a links to your videos in the show notes as well. I think they're really well produced. And dude, I, I know you're going to continue to crush your business. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you do, you'll get three deals in the next week. Okay, that's not entirely true, but we'd really appreciate it. Also, you can check out everything at ilovemortgagebrokering.com. See you next week.